Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, I am joined by DM Francesco, one of the co-hosts and rotating cast of Dungeon Masters for Hapless Heroes, a lighthearted and silly Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition podcast, for a game of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. This game turned out super fun and super cool, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. That said, before we dive in real quick, a quick reminder that I'm going to be at a ton of conventions in November, and you should totally come hang out with me, because I'm great. Specifically, I'm going to be running some playtests of a game that I'm working on at Metatopia from the 2nd to the 5th of November in Morristown, New Jersey. Then the following weekend, I'm going to be at a Catacon, uh, that's the 10th to the 12th of November in Dayton, Ohio. I'm going to be running Worldwide Wrestling, Inspectors, and Cat, a little game about little heroes. Those are all going to be super fun as well. Then finally, the 16th to the 19th, I'll be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for PAX Unplugged. That's going to be really exciting because I'm going to get to sleep in my own bed for that weekend. I can't wait. So you should totally join me for any or all of those cons because they're all going to be super goddamn fun. As always, you can learn more about the cons that I'm going to as well as Hapless Heroes and more down in the show notes. Whew. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week I'm sitting down with DM Francesco. Francesco, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thank you for so much for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here. So, uh, before we dive into to this week's game, why don't you take a moment and tell the audience at home anything you'd like them to know about, any cool podcasts you're a part of, projects you're working on, that sort of thing. Okay, so I thought long and hard about how to condense what I do or what our podcast is about in a few short words and found it impossible to do so. So I'm going to do my best to keep this brief. I am the co-host and one of the DMs for the Hapless Heroes podcast. Um, we are... Uh, an actual play D&D 5th edition comedy podcast with rotating DMs and a story that we're kind of world building on the fly. You know, in between really solid role playing, uh, there's also a lot of fourth wall breaking hilarious banter. And it's like one of my favorite things to do in the world is just to play D&D and like make people feel like they're sitting at a table with us. So like, so now I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of another awesome role playing podcast. Like it's just, it's just a fun, it's a great community and it's, a, it's just a great time. It is my favorite thing in the whole world is being is podcasting and playing role playing games. I love it to death and I'm super happy to get to do it with you right now because we are about to play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. How's that for a segue? I'm pretty happy with that one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this week we are playing Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. So why don't you uh, take a moment and introduce us to your character this week? All right. So I have a penchant for playing um, short characters uh, that and, you know, having their names and everything about them rife with alliteration. So I am playing Callum Clodhopper. He is a forest gnome artificer, a gunsmith. He's invented the, uh, among many of his inventions, because he's a very famous, well, at least like somewhat famous inventor, you know, level 10, I figured, you know, you're probably pretty well known at this point, he's right? He's got a patent or two to his name, yeah. Right. Um, and he's been on the hunt with his um, mechanical companion, it's essentially a polar bear, but a construct of it, uh, Sir Barrington. Some some people out there might understand that reference. And he's been scouring the continent for someone worthy of a great work that he has produced that the original or the intended recipient of it um, was found to be unworthy. And I think I've finally located the right person for this wondrous item, which is actually a... Um, steampunk style like tome like got gears all over the cover and stuff like that i think like very edwardian steampunk sure, kind of pretty sure. much the entire look of 
Callum, you know, big goggles, all these different lenses to kind of magnify things, you know, giant cannon of some kind of metal on, on his back. It's a, he's barely able to support its weight. Mm-hmm. And this tome essentially is like it, it automatically records what you speak into it and preserves it, you know, without paper. So you're able to recall any information that you've learned, spoken, seen, heard at at the drop of a dime. Okay. Or the drop of a cup of peace, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> and um the original or the intent the original recipient for this was um a mage, but uh Callum learned he was a horrible, horrible necromancer and decided that this type of device should not be put to evil use. So he took the money and skipped town. Okay. So uh, our story begins. You have skipped town. You have headed north. You kind of, you laid low. You stuck to Main Street merchant roads and like places where merchant caravans were traveling. Right. You laid low. You you headed north. You landed in the town of Caldrus. Caldrus is a big industrial port city. It's where a lot of uh, river boats come in and out of both of the uh, like shipping variety, but also of the sort of leisure gambling variety. It's just a place where these big steamboats come in and out of. So it's a very steam. It's a city where Callum feels at home. You know what I mean? Like, you get there and you're like, yeah, this is my scene. Yeah, I'm feeling really at home right now. Um, you start to uh, poke around a little bit. You lay low for a few, maybe a day or two. But after a while, you start to, like, talk to people. You start to maybe let loose a little bit. And why don't you make me a roll? Uh, this will probably be wisdom, or if there's a, if you think there's a good information skill that you could be rolling on, um, just to sort of get a handle on, like, somebody that might be the right fit for this particular tome that you're trying to sell off. Um, why don't we try, like, maybe history? I think it's more like intelligence, right? Yeah. Like kind of gauging History's a good one, yeah. Give me, give me a, give me a history roll. I'll say the D, the DM to figure this out is pretty easy. I'll say a 12 gets you the information that you need, and a 15 gets you some extra stuff. I'll do you one better. I got a 23. Okay, perfect. Um, okay, so you're asking around. You're talking to a few different, uh, like, tavern patrons. There's a few, there's a, a few area adventurers. You kind of fall in with some engineers, right? Like siege engineers from the town guard. They're in charge of building the town ballista, which is this huge crossbow that they use to ward off, you know, invading tribes. You get in with a few of them and you start talking about the tome. And one of them, a um, a gnomish woman, perks up and she says, oh, yeah, um, old man Gearsworth would be all about that. Yeah, he was... Uh, you know, he's he's huge into, like, mechanics and building things and engineering and gadgetry. And I tell you, I think he would really, I think he would really appreciate it and that town would really appreciate it. But there's sort of a, um, a hesitation in her voice that's a little bit, she's kind of almost forcing herself to be kind of excited about the prospect of, old man Gearsworth getting this tome. 
Um, can I roll an insight to see like if if this is like beyond like normal excitement, like like almost like like there's like some so there's, so there's more to this than just excited? Yeah, yeah. Roll me an insight. This is gonna be opposed. Um, yeah, this is gonna be an opposed roll. I'm gonna oppose her. I guess bluff versus your insight. Okay. Well, uh, my insight was terrible. Uh, so I have a six. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so to your ears, she genuinely sounds excited because she got ended up getting a 16. So to your ears, she sounds, she sounds really excited, except that there's still that there's still something in her voice that something about her telling you to go to old man's gears worth with this tome isn't hitting your ear right. You can make another action to try and like get to the bottom of it if you wanted or you could just head straight to Gearsworth Manor, which is the proverbial house on the hill. You know, it is oh, the yeah. creepy mansion on the hill on the outskirts of town. She kind of points you in the direction and we get a really great pan over shot to this old mansion. And it's at night. The moon is high in the sky. We see the mansion. Lightning crackles. Oh, yeah. Picture perfect. I feel like it's so inviting. Um, well, yeah, I feel right? like with Callum's insight, with me being as low as it was just now, I feel like he would just take her for her word. Like he's excited to make this sale. Like that's <laughs> this. This is what he lives for. You know, it's like to make awesome things and then share them with people for lots of money. Okay, so cool. Um, he's going to like thank her profusely. Like you know, and I'm gonna. I love doing a gnome voice. It's like I. I feel like I pull it from like Craig from South Park. If you ever, if you remember mm-hmm. Craig, you mm-hmm. know. He's going to say, uh, thank you so much for the information. Um, I will make haste over to um, Old Man Gearsworth's mansion. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. She, She's like, no, thank you. You are going to be doing. And she kind of looks distantly. She looks like at the mansion, but also kind of past the mansion. She's like, you're going to be doing all of us a great favor. And great. really, when, if. When, when you sell the book to Old Man Gearsworth, please come back and, like, tell us that, that he's, that it's okay, or that it, that it went well, I guess is what I mean. Tell us that it went well when you get over there. Great. That doesn't sound suspicious at all. I will definitely do that. So, you, uh, you hail a, you hail a, uh, a carriage. Actually, can I, can I, can I just ride Sir Barrington up there? Yes, you can. You ride Sir Barrington up this winding Main Street road. Uh, you you get to the gates, and they are they were at one point finely wrought iron or steel. Like they are, they are at one point they were elegant and refined and decorative and you know beautiful. But that time has long passed. The gate is twisted and old and rusted, and you kind of get up to it, and Barrington sort of pokes at the gate, and it just sort of swings open with this creaking back and forth. And it doesn't quite swing open, because that implies that it's sort of smooth. It sort of jerks, this herky-jerky kind of forcing open and it squeaks and squeals but the gate opens without a problem you head inside and the gardens are overgrown and slightly rotten 
the leaves are sort of blackened and brown and malnourished. Why don't you make me a roll to survey the surroundings as you head up to the mansion doorway? Sure, sure. And as I'm as I'm rolling this, like I feel like Callum would be the kind of guy to like pull out like something from his like because he's got like a a bag of holding that he crafted himself. Mm-hmm. So he like kind of like stops at the gates after he hears him creak and like kind of digs into his bag, starts throwing out a bunch of stuff, and then finally finds like a little can of like um like a lubricant, and he mm-hmm. puts it on the hinges of the gate. Okay. Because that sound was just um, annoying to him. Sure, sure. You, you, you're, <laughs> you're, you're a problem solver, and I appreciate that. Right. Um, so, per, 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 are we calling this perception? Yeah, we'll call this perception. Uh, 15. Okay. Um, a 15, yeah, everything is brown and black and old and dried up. It is almost as though there was a... Uh, a cleaning crew or a gardening staff at one point, like a housekeeping staff, but that has not been the case for a while. Maybe not like years. Like this isn't sort of a, uh, the, the place is not abandoned for years, but certainly maybe weeks of like regular care that has just fallen off. All right. I mean, there is in the distance, you see a uh, a humanoid figure that does appear to be tending plants, though. Hmm. Um. Well, I'd like to. I mean, and how far am I? How far am I away from the um, like the front door from this mansion? I guess it's gonna uh, a few hundred feet. Like, there's a long walkway lined sure. with what were at one point really beautiful uh, topiary statues. But have sort of just turned back into, like, wild, unkept trees. But, like, a few hundred feet along this winding walkway. Or wind, yeah, like, this winding walkway. So it it would be a little bit. And it would be about as far to go off the walkway into sort of the garden area to see this figure. So do you want to visit the figure? Do you want to go inside? I'd I'd probably try the front door first. Like, I'm here to make a sale. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my first priority is to try to establish contact because, like, I mean, I'm getting a little weirded out at this point. Like, I think, you know, it's like, you know, is someone even home? Like, it doesn't look like there's even anybody like tending to this place. Like, I wonder if like someone just sent me off like on a like a white. Like, they were just like uh, making fun of me or something like that, and just sent me off somewhere that's abandoned. You know what I mean? So like, I'm mm-hmm. kind of getting a little frustrated. Uh, so I'm gonna like kind of just have sir barrington take me up to the door i'll dismount kind of give him a little pat on the head get a little servo whir from like you know as he's nodding his head and i'm gonna just kind of knock uh on the front door uh the door you hear the knock on the inside create just the hugest echo throughout the uh throughout the mansion the door is thick and old and wooden and dusty there's a knocker on it that is like it is a gear that has like a like a a big knocker on the end of it it is a gear shaped knocker aha i mean my curiosity is peaked that's for sure um but if there's no one that answers the door make me an insight roll for that sure as you as you you knock on the door you wait a second and then give me an insight roll uh it's a modified 20 okay Perfect. You, um, you knock, 
And you, Callum, specifically hear this in a way that, like, maybe somebody else without your particular skill set, without your background in engineering, would not have heard. You knock for a second and nobody seems to answer and you feel like you're waiting around. And just when you start to think, eh, I should probably leave, is when you hear, like, gears grinding. Okay. And, like, starting to grind with a certain degree more of, like, momentum. They're starting to gain momentum, but they're also... You can you can hear this with your engineer's ear. The gears are grinding. They're rusted. They're old. They're kind of sticking together a little bit. So did it almost sound like this started after I knocked? Yes. Which is why I'm going to ask you, make me a dexterity saving throw. All right. A this is, that's going to be an 18. Okay. Perfect. You um like I said, you hear things turning? Just in time for, from that gear-shaped knocker, you see, like, the hole open a little bit, and just in time for that bolt, that crossbow bolt to come flying through the the knocker, you duck out of the way, and it flies off into the air behind you. Oh, my God. Or, goodness. Um, So I'm going to, like, pick myself, dust myself off, and be like, well, that's a very rude way to welcome someone to your house. And I'm going to... um, Try to like, you know, while of because where's like you know because I'm I'm like maybe like two feet ten, like two foot ten. You know, I'm really short. Like, how high up on the door is this? Um, is this mechanism? Like, There's that- actually three mechanisms. Oh, that's really the interesting thing is that yeah, you come up and it's something that you didn't fully consider when you first came up to the door. Is there's actually a mechanism where you are? Then there's a mechanism maybe three foot higher. Then there's a third mechanism about three feet higher from there. It is wow. almost like they were planning on people of small, medium, and large size to come <laughs> to this door and to get each one of them individually when they hit this knocker. Wow, there's a level it? of care and attention to this, like, the design of that particular trap. I don't even know if I could be mad now. It raises a flag for you. Right. I don't even know if I could be mad. I'm thinking I'm just impressed now. Um... So I think I'm going to just like slowly and like definitely like move around or like try to like position myself so that like my body's not in front of this, um, you know, this like where the trap like had shot out a bolt and try to see if the door is actually unlocked, though. Yeah, the door actually once you push that open, once the crossbow bolt flies out, you kind of jab at the door a little bit and it creaks and it moans like a door that doesn't want to open. But it definitely does eventually, you know, slide open. You get it open without a problem. You can head inside without an issue. Yeah, I would like to do that um, and have Sir Barrington right behind me. Yeah. Okay, make me a perception roll. You got it. I'm trying to figure out. This is a, okay, nine. Sorry, I couldn't. The, the line is like a little uh, hard to see on this die. That's going to be, yep, just a straight nine. Okay. Um, You... You head inside, but in the seconds before you step inside, you swear you hear uh, grinding. You swear you hear the grinding of metal or the creaking of sort of partly oiled metallic joints somewhere in the distance. You can't pinpoint where, but you swear you hear that as you head inside. Interesting. Uh, What do I see when I enter, though? Uh, This is a it is a huge grand foyer. There is one of those. uh, 
double spiral staircases, you know, the ones where it's like a, a, a curving staircase on both sides up to the landing on the second floor. Think, uh, if you've ever seen Scarface, the, the, the foyer from the end of Scarface with Hello, My Little Friend, one oh, of yeah. those. Oh, yeah. I, perfect image. You, it's, um, there are suits of armor, but like partially constructed. Something that you would recognize as like semi-completed automatons are sort of standing throughout the hallway, like, chunks of gears and wires they're missing legs or arms or heads none of them are complete and none of them are moving but they're all kind of like just put where maybe statues or ceremonial suits of armor would be in a traditional house there are these sort of half-built suits of armor or half-built automatons i feel like i'm thinking to myself like man if this was this place was like a little more cleaned up like i feel like i could live here Mm -hmm. uh all right absolutely uh, any any doors in this hallway, or is it just the stairs up? There's the stairway, and then there are hallways to the east and west. Okay. You you see you can see to the west that it kind of leads to like a uh, maybe not a full blown dining area, but maybe like a breakfast nook, a place for coffee and drinks and casual conversation, maybe even business chat. Okay. But then the hallway to the east just sort of just leads into this these closed off rooms okay um i'm going to try to call out one more time because i feel like you know i mean i'm barging into someone's house you know so like i i i'd feel like i'd have the 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 the, the respect to at least say one more time like um hello mi- mr mr gearsworth uh is anybody home uh as you say that yeah as you say that you call that out and you hear you hear footsteps coming from both directions of the hallway on the second floor, like past where you can see, past where the landing turns into hallways on the east and west. You hear footsteps coming uh, from the east and west. You also hear, you also hear uh, that louder squeaking coming from behind you. There's just things seemingly coming from all different directions, coming from behind you, coming from up, up east, up west, but no one is saying anything all right so i'm starting to feel a little unsafe (laughs) i can't imagine why so i'm going to take a minute um i have this uh awesome ability as an artificer to infuse magic into like a a non-magical item so like one of my spells sure so i'm going to take just like a copper piece out of my pocket right Mm -hmm. and i'm going to uh inscribe the um shield of faith spell into Mm -hmm. it so I can like essentially use it as a bonus action to cast Shield of Faith on myself, you know what I mean, using the item um in combat. Okay. Uh yeah, you can you that is you do that just in time to see two large they're sort of oddly shaped. They're not shaped like people per se. Think like Star Wars droids almost, the way that they're like sometimes human esque, but they're not quite shaped right. <laughs> okay these two or even like kind of like pixar-esque shaped robots come from up the the up the landing on the second floor they come from one each from the east and west they're very big they're big and bulky and sort of like their legs aren't quite the the same size and shape so they're kind of waddling a little bit as they sort of like and you you Give me a perception roll on them. Sure. Uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
They're coming towards you pretty quick. Yeah, I had um, a lot more things I could tell you about them, but you rolled a three. They are they are painted in weird ways. They have they're, they've been painted, but not like cleanly in the way that you might expect someone to paint an automaton. They've been they've used like barn paint, so this really thick, heavy acrylicy. Just the paint that you might be, you might just grab from somewhere. Hmm. Uh, and they look like they're coming at me with intent, like intent to hurt me. They they are coming towards you. They don't have enough facial reactions or body language to tell what's going to happen, but they're certainly moving towards you, and they don't seem to be like slowing down or making friendly gestures or, right. or like bowing to you as they approach you. Sure. I'm going to instruct Sir Barrington to stand in front of me, and should any of these um, automatons do anything hostile towards me, to immediately react and smack the crap out of it. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to kind of stand there with, like, with bated breath, just kind of see what they do. Because like, you know, it could just be a really horrible greeting system. Um, they start waddling. They kind of make their way down the stairs. One of them um, rears up, and turns out your instincts aren't as unfounded as you might think, because one of them rears up with an arm, and that arm has what appears to be some sort of a gas cannon on it. Oh, great. And it's just about to spray you with a gas as Sir Barrington tears into it, and Sir Barrington and the automaton like tumble tumble to the into the hallway a little bit to the east and start tearing into each other and cool. now you are kind of left without sir barrington for a moment as there's still this other automaton and you swear you hear the creaking of metal joints but you can't quite pinpoint where unless you want to give me a uh another perception roll i will do my best i have been doing not so great with these for the most part all right, 15. Okay. Um, yeah, it's definitely coming from... It's echoing in a way that says that it can only be coming from outside. And that's when you realize, oh, right, there was that humanoid shape to the in the back. It was gardening oh, plants. You turn around and there's another one of these... Uh, another one of these automatons. This one is much smaller and much more human-shaped. Okay. And he's carrying a, uh, like a water pail, but it's just sort of like coming towards you. And this one is, is because it's much more human shaped, is much more obviously coming to like grab you and drag you somewhere as this other automaton, which matches the one that Sir Barrington is mauling, lifts up its gas cannon. Oh, great. This is going to be fun. Why don't you uh, roll me initiative, but also make me a constitution saving throw. Sounds good. So let's start with initiative. It's going to be nineteen. Okay. If Sir, um, if Sir Barrington's out, I'll. I won't. Do, do you want me to roll initiative for him as well, or uh, is, am I... no? I I think we'll leave him out for this combat as he proceeds to tear apart one of these. So he'll be fine at the end of the combat, and then one of these monsters is going to go away. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so I got for my Constitution saving throw a twenty-five. Perfect. Effortless. You um. You know all of the right things to do, 
to avoid getting choked out by this paralyzing gas. You put you put your sh- you put your shirt up over your mouth. You're sort of breathing into your into the fabric. You're covering you're covering from the most direct like breaths of it. You're this probably isn't your first time dealing with some sort of noxious gas from a machine malfunction. From like a, from a murderous robot. Yeah. Yeah. This probably <laughs> isn't your first murderous robot rodeo. Yeah. Great. Well, it's good. It's good. Well, uh, I, I know exactly what to do with murderous robots. All right. Well, you are going first. So why don't you tell me what you're going to do? So I'm going to pull out my thunder cannon. Okay. So it's like this. Um, it's like one of those like cannons that you kind of hold like underhanded right so you have these two big handles on the top and it's got this long like cannon barrel that's like kind of see-through with like tempered glass in the center you can see like these like gears like whirring up and it's kind of sort of creating this like blue like electrical energy as it's like whirring up Mm -hmm. and i'm going to flip a switch on the side of it to monger mode and i'm going to fire a thunderous blast at the one with the gas cannon okay that's going to be a 22 to hit effortless yeah yeah, it, I mean, it's metal, right? Like, it conducts electricity. It, You know, you, you smell the smoldering metal. You see it start to lose its shape as it starts to melt a little bit. Roll me that damage. Okay, so with, with Monger, right, uh, you do, it, it's a ridiculous amount of damage, but I have to, like, spend a bonus action to reload this thing. Okay. Um, it's 2d6 plus 3 piercing, and then an additional 4d6 thunder damage. Great. So it's going to be... Well, that's a lot. 14 piercing damage uh and 10 thunder damage okay okay so and, um yeah go ahead oh is there more damage coming no that's it okay <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous <laughs> great um so the thing is still standing okay but uh it is definitely you have blown away what i'm gonna say is that that much damage and that much effect you have blasted off its arm that had the gas cannon on it it's oh, like fantastic sw- spinning around on its heels a little bit it's trying to like balance itself but it's you're getting a much better look at this thing and it looks like it was initially made with care right like to build a gas cannon like that takes work and takes precision and takes an understanding of like aerodynamics oh yeah i'm definitely gonna be taking a look at this once it's in a pile of pieces on the ground But then you're also noticing that, like, yeah, its legs don't match in a way that somebody that took the kind of care to build that gas cannon and to build multiple multiples of that gas cannon wouldn't have taken that such of a slapdash approach. It's almost like the first half of it was built by an engineer and the rest of it was finished by somebody just trying to finish the job. Yeah, it seems pretty half-assed to me. Yeah, exactly. Poor, poor, it is definitely happening overall. Um, and now, are are either of these two like engaged like in in melee range with me, or do I have an opportunity to move a little bit? Um, one of them on their turn, the uh, the the gas cannon robot is squirreling around and is going to like get up to melee range with you on its turn, but it's pretty beat up, so it's going to take its turn to do that. The other one is going to get up to melee with you, is going to, is at melee with you, because you didn't quite notice it. Because okay. you didn't notice it before, the other one is definitely at melee. Well, I'm definitely not going to be able to move then. I don't want to, like, provoke an attack of opportunity or anything like that, so I'm just going to use my bonus action to reload the uh, Thunder Cannon. Okay, yeah, this one is going to make an attack on you. 
It's going to make one attack because it's going to finish moving towards you, so it's not going to get its full attack this round, but does a 20 hit you? Absolutely does. All right. Take seven damage. As it, like, smashes you upside the head with this flowering pot or this metal, yeah, this metal gardening, uh, what are they, (laughs) what are those things called? Uh, watering can. Watering can, thank you. It smashes you upside the head with this watering can and, like, (laughs) bangs up the watering can and kind of, like, throws it aside, but you are reeling because you just got smashed upside the head with a metal watering can. He rattled the cage a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and now they're both upon you. And you have a feeling that it's going to involve you getting uh, a melee attacked by both of these things in a few moments if you don't act quickly. Yeah, I'm going to do my best here. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. Um, it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Can I shift in such a way, like five feet, so I'm still engaged with them, that they would both be within like a 15-foot cone of the front of my thunder cannon? Make me a dexterity, um, acrobatics, if there's an acrobatics. Sure, I always forget what skills are in 5th edition, but, like, make me a roll for that, and we'll call that an opposed roll. Okay, I got a 17. All right, yeah. Oh, yeah, they both rolled very poorly, so, yeah, you're, you, you know, one of them, uh, the larger robot kind of tries to reel back and, like, hit you with the one arm that it's got left, and you use that to sort of, like, duck underneath do a quick roll, and then, yeah, they're both in a cone. All right, so I'm going to switch my Thunder Cannon to Blast Wave. That's another little setting on there. Cool. And I'm going to fire out, like, a 15-foot cone of, like, energy from it. And, um, well, it's they have to make a DC 16 uh, deck save. Okay. Or, sorry, strength save. Excuse me, strength save. Uh, the, uh... The gardening, the gardening robot, the 100% doesn't. That's taking full damage. The other one almost does. Almost, you know, it at first seems like it's going to, it's going to be fine, but then starts, then you start to see the sparks and you start to see the smoke and you see it start to break down. So they've both failed their saves. Okay, perfect. So they're both going to take uh, 11 force damage and be pushed right. back 10 feet. So um the the larger one the 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 one with the gas cannon tumbles back and starts to fall apart and hits the ground as a pile of uh parts. The other Great. one the gardening the gardening robot is fairly okay. Uh hits the wall, it kind of like takes a moment to recover and this is when I'm going to ask you what does Barrington do as Barrington kind of trots out of the hallway? Oh, uh, he's going to see that this thing is still around and uh, just charge on in and try to claw and bite it in his mechanical jaws. Okay, give me that attack roll. Uh, the claw is, I'm sorry, yeah, the, the bite is a 26. Okay, the claw, yep. the claw is a 17. Okay, the bite hits, the claws do not. Okay, so it will take, uh, it looks like uh, seven piercing damage. Great. Um, yeah, rips into it, you know, it tears out, It the Barrington tears out some of the, the robot's throat, and its head is kind of dangling around and wobbling from place to place. 
as it, uh, and it is going to, it is ignoring Barrington, almost like it doesn't see Barrington, despite the fact that its throat has, that Barrington ripped its throat out. It's almost hmm. like it does not have any interest or ability to really, like, know Barrington is there. It's going to stick right onto you. Interesting. Does a 13 hit you? No, it does not. Okay, yeah. So it takes a little bit more effort than it realized to, like, get through for reasons that it seems like it doesn't quite comprehend. It's like, why is it difficult to get to you, despite the fact that there's a giant robot bear tearing it asunder? What do you do? <laughs> um, so I'm going to switch the thunder cannon back to monger mode and just fire a, a thunderous blast at it. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, 24. Yeah, blow it away. Give me that damage. Okay. So it's going to be first seven piercing damage, and then, uh, let's see, eight plus 15, 23 thunder damage. So it had 13 HP. Yeah. <laughs> so you did pretty well. Um. Yeah, you, it's... You can look at the parts and the bodies of these two big, big droid-looking things. This gardening bot, it's ash. It's it's <laughs> gone. It's okay. I was more interested in the one with the giant gas cannon anyways. Um, uh, quick aside. So I have this, this subreddit I follow that we reference a lot because we, we have a war forge in our party on my podcast, right? It's mm -hmm. called VX Junkies, and it's just full of a bunch of nonsensical technical jargon and i'm gonna try to pull some of that out real quick <laughs> all right yeah hit me, hit me with that good that good good techno bible so um he's gonna so once the automatons have been defeated he's gonna walk up to the one with the gas cannon uh Callum is, and he's gonna start inspecting it he's like god is there maybe a a field oscillation unit in here somewhere maybe it's a maybe a, a goss point air turbine I, wait, wait what is this what is this and he just starts like sifting through the parts, like kind of looking for anything like valuable or something that he could use later in one of his um, creations. Give me a roll for that. Sure. Uh, investigation. Uh, yeah, absolutely, that works. Twenty-one. Yeah, you're pulling through this, and it's kind of like what I said earlier. Like you can tell, the gas cannon is is made with the precision of a watchmaker. Like every part is designed to do its job a thousand percent right like it is it's honestly it kind of takes you aback the level of like designs within designs operation within operations the level of skill that it takes to make this happen is pretty incredible because like it's got an auto recharge mechanism like it is designed so that it's doing its job at all times to 100 percent efficiency excellent so that's going to go right into the bag of holding which is strapped onto sir barrington yep Great. The rest of it, there are definitely parts of it that seem like they were sort of like, okay, how do we make this thing walk? How do we make a robot out of this? There are parts of it that seem like, there's parts of it that seem like an artist worked on this, and then there's part of it that feel like somebody else who came in at the, like, a pinch hitter, say, an, a pinch hitter on a tight budget, time and money-wise, said, we need to finish this. <laughs> uh, well at least the uh the gas cannon might make a great addition to sir barrington someday this is true um so uh, i'm going to kind of dust myself off a little bit you know kind of you know get the dust and 
debris out of my hair and kind of, you know, nurse the bump that I have from that watering can. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try to take Sir Barrington with with me up the stairs. Okay. To the second floor. You head up the stairs. There are, um, as you're walking the stairs, they creak and they cry. Uh, The carpet is, every step you take, there's a little dust cloud. It feels... Oh, everything just feels old in a way that, like, these machines don't. Like, these machines are cutting edge and feel like someone that has paid attention to trends, and they feel upkept, you know what I mean? Like, they feel repaired. Sure. But this house is empty and musty and old, and something doesn't feel right. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed from the crack of thunder before and the ominous... um you know, suggestions. <laughs> yeah, right? Something just feels weird about this. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine what it is. So you so you get up the stairs, right? And you look around, and there's more of these half-finished automatons, like, on pegs, basically, or on stands. And everything, you know, you're looking at them, and the craftsmanship on the half-finished models is incredible. It matches with the gas cannons and all of that. And there are bookshelves upon bookshelves, and some of the books are dusty in a way that implies that they haven't been touched in a long time. Some (laughs) of them are sort of hastily put on the shelves in ways that doesn't match with the alphabetical order, almost like they've been ripped off the shelf and hastily put back on. Oh, that's driving me crazy already. Yeah, right? And, and there's there's papers scattered on the floor. It seems like there's been a lot of commotion for a place that also seems like no one has lived here in a while. I start like thinking of like weird hypotheses to myself. Like, I wonder if the machines took over <laughs> and things like that. Uh, I guess I'd like to say, were there any other outlets from this like sort of like study area? Um, there's, you know, the, you're seeing a few different rooms, but they're all empty and they're all kind of matching with that theme of like a lot of studies and a lot of like observatories or conservatories. There's a lot of academic type rooms. Whoever lived here lives here. It has to be lives here, right? Whoever is here, because that's the only possibility. Why else would they send you here? is an academic and is an academic in a lot of fields and is obviously really accomplished because like there are degrees on the wall and there are like college busts. Like there's a lot of academia in the air. Interesting. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm, like, I said, my curiosity has been peaked since I arrived at the front door. Um, I'd like to maybe start, inspecting the bookshelves like i feel like no creepy mansion is complete without especially if, if it's a from a mad inventor or spellcaster of some kind you know i i feel like there's got to be something of use on these bookshelves gotta be make me an investigation roll sounds good oh yeah uh 26 yeah oh oh yeah you're you're pulling through these and they're all about you know engineering and like planar theory Stuff like you're like this is one person's mansion. 
but the libraries here feel like they belong to a university library. Like, there's no way that one person spent this much time learning about, like, noble, noble bloodlines, but also, like, woodcrafting, and also automaton design, and also astrology and astronomy. Like, there's so many things happening here. I feel like I should be creeped out by, um, you know, the general state of the mansion, but I also feel like this guy could be my next best friend. Yeah, he could be. He really could be. Um, but like, again, you're see, you're looking at the books and you're seeing that some of them have been untouched for weeks, months, could be here. Like, they look very untouched. But others have been very hastily kind of ripped out of place, jammed out of alphabetical order onto bookshelves. And the ones that you're noticing, the themes are def- are all very much like alchemical design, automaton design. Interesting. Revivification. Things like... <laughs> and uh, it's all technical manuals there's a lot of there's a lot of manuals and a lot of technical manuscripts that are the ones that have been obviously reviewed over i call those leisure reading yes your leisure reading books (laughs) are all over the place wow um i'm gonna have to come back to this later if uh if things work out all right because i may have to borrow a few books i'm using air quotes um all right, I want to keep looking around to see if I can figure out, you know, where the proprietor of this mansion is, you know, where the person I'm, I've been searching for is, you know, where old man Gearsworth could be. Make me a perception role unless there is an academic intelligence skill that you think would be better suited for the kind of environment that you're in, which is a lot of machines and engineering type stuff. All right. Would you take Arcana? Because I guess like machines kind of exist by yeah, magic. Yeah, I would take I would take Arcana in this. Yeah, give me an Arcana roll. Cool. Oh, thank God I'm good at these at least because the roll was terrible. Uh, thirteen. Okay, you definitely hear stuff below. You hear noises, that you, and it's much like it was at the door, right? You un you hear this grinding sound. You hear the gear turning, and you can tell it's coming from like the basement. Well, that's obviously the next logical step here. So I'm going to say, come, come, Sambarrington. And just like, you know, lead him down the stairs and then try to find some door towards the basement. Like maybe kind of keep listening around to see if I can kind of follow um, the general direction of this sound. Or maybe even have Sir Barrington do it because he has like, he has, um, oh, that's only smell. Never mind. But yeah. He, he's, yeah. You, um, you head towards the basement, right? Yeah. You head and... Your instincts are proven correct. It almost you're here. You're, you're a little bit taken aback because you're like, I can't have my my gut could not have been right here. But you head <laughs> down and there is, of course, there's a of course, there's a laboratory in the basement. Oh, excellent. You, 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 you pull open this old wooden door. You have to like. Barrington kind of has to, like, rip a lock off of it. (laughs) You pull open this door, and it is this full-on gothic laboratory from where this old, like, dungeon brig used to be. You know, there's the, there's, there's Tesla coils zapping, and there are, 
on their vials and beakers. It's mad sciency. A lone tear falls down Callum's cheek as he witnesses the most beautiful thing he's ever seen in his entire life. And what's really beautiful about it is it's not just a laboratory. You're, you're looking around and make me another arcana roll. You got it. 24. Yeah, you're looking around and you're hearing like all of your senses are on fire with this because you're not just witnessing a lab, right? You're lit. You're wit. What you're witnessing is automation. What you're hearing is machines doing their job without any sort of input from sentient or sapient beings. They're just running. They're running on instinct, on pure mechanical design, pure engineering perfection. It feels like, it feels a lot like nobody would even need to live here. Well, I'm going to waste no time and just walk around, explore. Like, I, I, I mean, like one of, one of Callum's like character traits is that he always wants to know how things work and what makes people tick. You know, so like he's, he is carefully studying, like he's just slowly walking, like, you know, and carefully inspecting everything. As like this beautiful music plays in his mind because he just all the things he can think of that he could do with this stuff if he lived here. Make me uh, one last arcana roll. Take advantage on it because you're taking your time. And um, we'll go into our big final set piece. Great. Uh, it's going to be another 24. Yeah. You're, 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 pull, you're peeling things apart, right? Like, we get a great montage of you, like, standing in front of machines as we see, like, the gears, tw- the gears pumping and pistons, pistons, you know, pistons pumping and gears turning and all of that cool mechanical shit. You are, you're watching this happen, right? You're just watching the parts run and the machines do their, do their work. And it's beautiful. And you're slowly starting to piece together, like, that feeling that nobody could have lived here. You have no idea how long these machines have been running. Because the thing is, these machines are starting to look old. And there's gears that seem to be missing one uh, tooth. So they run for a minute and then hiccup. And run for a minute and then hiccup. And pieces, like, you're looking at old belts that are spinning and they're old and you're seeing like wear marks on them these have been running for a long time without any sort of maintenance but they've also been running they've been overclocked a thing that you notice is they've been distinctly designed to run at a higher speed than they were designed to run you know you have an eye for that interesting i wonder why yeah you you wonder why and then you kind of come to sort of the center, or not necessarily the centerpiece of the lab, because, like, it's definitely off to the side, but what appears to have become the new centerpiece of the lab. And it's an auto- it's an automaton assembly line of sorts. There are machine arms putting arms onto machines, but they're putting they're they're sort of just working. They're not working well. Like you know how that uh, automaton with the gas cannon was sort of poorly made at a point. Yeah. Now yeah. you see why because these this assembly line is just sort of like patching stuff on. It's like all right, we're done. All right, we're done. And it's sort of just shoving them along this conveyor belt. <laughs> 
well that explains things um interesting uh well i'd like to figure out what's also controlling these things or like you know where they're getting their their instruction set from so to speak um because obviously they do not seem to be very friendly to me and i would like that to stop i I don't i would really prefer not to be dodging gas and, and watering cans all day so as you're looking at this assembly line and as you're wondering that you hear footsteps behind you three pairs of footsteps oh boy i'm gonna spin around real quick you spin around just in time to see you can safely assume that this is not old man gearsworth the odds that old man gearsworth was what would be called of what you as an engineer or an artificer know as a what is called a flesh golem <laughs> is slim <laughs> the odds that gearsworth was a flesh golem are swi- are are slim But the flesh golem is wearing a lab coat and carrying a clipboard. And there are two of these uh, sort of the ones like the gardening, the gardening robot. There's two more of those behind him. And he kind of stops and he's looking at you and the, the, the two assistant robots start to move and he puts a hand up and they stop. And the th- the four of you are just, or the five of you, because there's Barrington, the five of you are just very still for a moment. What do you do? I'm going to first uh, exclaim like, oh my, by the nine hells, what is this thing? And then, and then, and then uh, just sort of like calm down for a second, take a breath like, once I realize I'm not being attacked just yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just like kind of grip the handle of my thunder cannon and be like, uh, who are... What are you? It, um... The flesh golem, he starts to stand up. He kind of, like, adjusts his posture. Because he's ve- he struck a very defensive pose. He's got a hand up to sort of tell his assistants, Don't move. He composes himself a little bit. You see that he's wearing a beat-up old tie? And he adjusts the tie. And he kind of, like, presents himself. And he looks at you, and he's very tall. You know, Flesh Golem, they're like eight, nine feet tall. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you know, like five, six feet shorter than he is. So Yeah. So he looks, he kind of bends down, hands on his knees a little bit. Or one hand on his knee, the other still holding the clipboard. And he says, I would ask you the same question. Uh, well, I, I'm Callum Cladhopper, inventor extraordinaire. I am here to present one of my wondrous inventions to old man Gearsworth. I'm told he is uh, deeply interested in something of this nature. The flesh golem's posture softens. The robots start to start to like panic a little bit. They're like, Gearsworth, old man Gearsworth, emergence. And he kind of like puts his hand up, but not in the same, not in the defensive way. Just kind of like, don't, don't do this. And he kind of, the flesh golem, he sits down. He sits down cross-legged. Clipboard, he puts the clipboard on the floor. And he's now looking you eye to eye. (laughs) And he says, (sighs) Did the townspeople of Cauldris send you to check on Mr. Gearsworth? Dr. Gearsworth, I apologize. Dr. Gearsworth. 
Oh, Dr. Gearsworth. Um, yes, that I, I I was sent here um by them. Yeah. By their rec- at their recommendation. And he um he takes another long sigh and he says I trust that they jovially asked you to stop back in and tell them how the job went. That's exactly what they said, yes. <sighs> yes, they've had suspicions for a long time about Miss Dr. Gearsworth and his whereabouts and his place in the town and I'm afraid you have been duped. I had a sneaking suspicion. I'm sorry that you went through anything that you've gone through today. I hope that the assistants, and he gestures to the other, to the robots, have at least treated you kindly. I know that they are not the friendliest when it comes to unwelcome, unwanted, not unwanted or unwelcome, but unannounced guests. Um, well, to be honest, I did announce myself and they were less than friendly. I may or may not have had to disassemble a few of them. <laughs> I, I appreciate your sense of humor. It, it amuses me. I engineer to engineer. I appreciate the I appreciate the joke. I I got it. I don't know if the robots got it. I'm going to sort of nervously laugh along with him, but I'm going to be doing it so doing so very confused. So um right, that was great and all, but uh so who are you then? And and what is this place? I am, I don't, I don't have an answer to that, honestly. I don't, I was finished after a time when I would have gotten a name. I, but I am, I guess I am the caretaker of this, and he gestures to the lab. Dr. Gearsworth's lab, his place where he made his masterpieces, and he gestures to the robots and to the assembly lines and all of that stuff. Um, you speak of him as if he's no longer alive or here. What happened? Living cr- things such as yourself operate on different time scales than myself or the assistants time is not time is a deadlier foe than any invading army or evil wizard time simply took him unfortunately to say well i'm very sad to hear that I I am I believe like this 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 place I I feel at home here it's 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 beautiful I was hoping to discuss with him all of the all of the things that he's done to create such a a wondrous laboratory I, I'm I'm very saddened to learn this that was maybe the, the precise wrong thing to say because he stands up a little bit 
and he smiles and he says, you feel at home here. You, you This could be your workspace. This could what? be your new home. And oh, no, no, no. I don't mean to make assumptions or, or, or be presumptuous. I'm, I'm just, I'm just. It no, was just no, a compliment. no, no. It was no. a compliment. This is wonderful news. We have needed someone to take up residence in the lab. I am a caretaker, but I have not, I am not trained to use these machines. We have a new doctor in residence. We have a new master and elf. The, the robots start, you know, joyously hopping up and down and everybody seems <laughs> real happy about the prospect of you working here forever uh, um so that's not what i meant i mean i'm flattered please uh, flattered absolutely flattered that you would see me in such a way but i i have i have work to do i, I can't i need to yes I, I you have, have work to do you are going to create you are going to repair and make this place the place the the workshop of tomorrow that it is meant to be and now you're noticing that the robots are around you. Oh. So, like, if it weren't for the hostile vibe I'm getting right now, I feel like, you know, because another one of my character traits, or my flaw, really, is that I would do anything to get my hands on something rare or priceless. I feel like this home fits that criteria. However, this, this, the staff doesn't appear to be that welcoming. G so, it's sort of a thing where you're not getting the vibe of hostility per se. They're not threatening you. They just the way that they're thinking is that you're going to work here forever. Yeah, I'm not ready for that level of commitment yet. We've just met. All so right, fair. <laughs> so, uh I'm going to be like, "Listen, I I appreciate your offer, but I would really hopefully like to politely decline your offer maybe you give me a day to think about it <laughs> without saying a word the uh okay yeah without saying a word the goal the flesh golem stands up the caretaker stands up and he puts two fingers to his to the bridge of his nose and he says i am afraid that another opportunity like this isn't going to come around. You are going to work here, and he starts to clench his fists as the, the robots start to, like, stomp their feet a little bit. And, uh, I'm gonna need you to roll initiative. We are in our final, no, you our can't final make me, battle. You can't make me work for you. <laughs> Uh, I got a 17 for initiative, and Sir Barrington got... I, I, you, the two of you will go together. I'm not going to... Oh, thank God. Yeah, it's like one of the more the, the tougher things about like having a, a companion that acts on their own initiative. It's just so much easier to process it all at the same time. No, yeah, yeah. The two of you are going to go the once, and you're also going to go first, so tell me what tell me what you both are doing. The uh, the flesh golem is coming at you, and the, the golems are... Or not the golems. The automatons are sort of surrounding you. There are three automatons surrounding you. There's the flesh golem in front of you. The uh, Barrington is directly behind you, in between you 
and the automatons. But there's no one in between you and the flesh golem. What are you doing? So I'm going to stick by Sir Barrington because he is he's my protector. And I'm going to sort of try to turn so maybe I could face... Because um, I want to try to make some room for myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try to switch my thunder cannon to blast wave and try to catch two of the automatons um, and, and and try to like blast them away. You know what I mean? So that they can like just like push them away a little bit, give me a little space to breathe. Okay. So uh, they have to make a strength save. DC 16. Okay. Uh, none of them make it. I'm just going to say you get all three of the, uh, the robots. Oh, fabulous. Um, they're going to take 10 force damage and be pushed back 10 feet. Yeah. They all go tumbling back, right? They all go tumbling back. They all look pretty beat up. You know, one loses an arm, one loses its head, but stands up and it's kind of like, clearly it didn't need its head. Um, They're (laughs) all very beat up. They're all uh, a a long distance away, so they're not going to be able to get to either of you this turn. They're going to spend their turn climbing to their feet and like shambling back towards you. And that just leaves the caretaker. Which is, I'm going to instruct Sir Barrington to attack the crap out of him. All right, give me that. Give uh, me that attack. So the bite is a t- uh, modified twenty, but the claw I think is going to miss with an eleven. Nope, they both hit. They all hit. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, so first, the bite is nice, thirteen piercing damage. Okay. And the claw is wow, thirteen. That's great. Yeah, thirteen slashing damage. Okay. Yeah. Barrington tackles, tackles the caretaker and starts ripping. And there's old rotted, like coagulated blood spurting and drizzling and dripping and falling out in globs as he oh, is gross. punching. He's punching and headbutting Barrington. I believe I get a molt. So on his turn, two slam attacks. Does a ha does an eleven hit Barrington? Uh, no, it just misses. Great, his AC's twelve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's punching and headbutting and Barrington and like you see his hands breaking, but he does not flinch because he feels no pain. So he's like breaking his hands on this eye, this this metallic monster, and the two of them are just brawling it out. What are you doing? <laughs> um. Well, those automatons are still up and around, um, but I think I'm going to try to finish off the the person in charge of all this because hopefully these things will like stop a, their assault or something. You know, that's my sure. kind of thought at least. So I'm going to switch my thunder cannon to monger mode and make a just a thunderous blast against him. Okay. Uh, my question for you. Uh-huh. Does, uh huh. Does does your monger mode is that a particular type of damage? Um, so it does piercing and thunder damage, 2d6 piercing and 4d6 thunder. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Roll me that. Roll me all that. Roll me those damages, but tell me those numbers separately. Well, first thing, I guess I should probably figure out if it hit. I think I did with a, with with a 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right, right. Okay. So the piercing damage is going to be eight. Okay. And the thunder damage is going to be... Well, that's a lot of high numbers. That's great. Good. I'm very happy that those are a lot of high numbers. Uh, 25. Okay. You blast it. And 
chunks of flesh fly away, but the lightning crackles on it, and, like, he, you, you see it running through the, the various, like, circuits and the bolts on its neck, because, of course, it has bolts on its neck. Come on. It's like Frankenstein. Come on. Of course. Right. <laughs> the bolts on its neck are crackling, and you see wounds starting to patch up and heal. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What have I done? What have yeah. I done? You healed it for a lot of damage. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cruel, man. That's uh, so cruel. I was, why do you think I asked if it was lightning damage? <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, well, fair enough. Um that's okay. We'll 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 find our way through this. So what is Barrington up to? Barrington is going to do some stuff. So he's going to just continue to try to rip rip away at this golem and probably okay. go for the same spots he just ripped apart before. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for the bite, that is oh, a nat one. I knew it was going to happen at some point. I mean, I named my podcast The Hapless Heroes, and we have like a nat one for our logo, and I feel like it just follows me everywhere now. It, it would do that. Okay, so the so the, the bite got a nat one. Yep, but the claw's a 23. Yeah, that hits. That definitely hits. And claw's going to be 12 uh, slashing damage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Barrington is ripping into it. The, uh, the robots get to you. Does a hmm. 14 hit you? Uh, it does not, actually. Does I'm a, wearing a breastplate. Does a 16. It sure does. Okay. It matches. Great. Uh, take... Five damage, five bludgeoning okay. damage. Okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, one of them, one of them just smashes. One of them like cracks you upside the head in the same spot, so it's real tender. Um, <laughs> but they've they've gotten up to you, so now next turn they're gonna get. They're all gonna get to multi attack. Meanwhile, okay. The uh, meanwhile the caretaker, newly empowered by absorbing that electricity is going to lay into Sir Barrington. Does a does an 18 hit Barrington? Absolutely does. All right, take <laughs> Okay, give me some d8. <laughs> I don't know. Take 7 damage. Not too bad. So I, well, now these all these things are on top of me, so I'm going to try something here. Look at my spells. I'm actually going to point at um the the flesh golem, mm-hmm. and I'm going to cast um, the enlarge reduce spell, and I'm going to choose the reduce option. Okay. So he's going to reduce by one full size. Uh, he has a disadvantage on uh, strength checks, and his weapon damage is uh, minus one d four. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to let you repick this, and I'm going to tell you that as an engineer, you know that a flesh golem is immune to any spell or effect that would alter its form. <laughs> oh, my worst nightmare. Well, in that case, I'm going to cast enlarge on myself. Um and I'm going to become one size larger. So now I have advantage on strength checks and I get do plus one D four weapon damage. And I'm just gonna start I'm gonna try to like kind of cone blast wave the um the automatons. So they have to make uh strength okay. saves. Okay. Um. Oh wait, no, I can't. I can't 16? do that in the same round. What am I talking about? That's an action. I cast the spell on myself. I'm big now. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm, gonna try, I'm not trying to Does, cheat here. Uh, so two of them get you. Two of them hit you. You're going to take 12 Ow. damage as they're beating you down. Okay, less okay, but I'm still okay. What is Barrington? What is Barrington? Uh, we did not do take Barrington's action. Oh, no, we didn't. It's okay. Whatever. It's, it's all in the same six seconds it's happening, right? So uh, Barrington's going to still yeah. continue to lay into this flesh golem because it seems like I'm not going to do a all whole right. lot of good against him. Um, the claw is, yeah, 14 and uh, t- nat, uh, not nat 20, but modify 20. Okay, yeah, they both hit. Okay, not as great on the damage that time. The claw is only going to be 7 damage. The bite is going to be 11. Uh, piercing and slashing. Okay. Yeah, it's looking pretty beat up now. Okay. Um, on so yeah, they're the 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 robots are gonna slam you with their multi attacks. Um, the flesh golem's gonna get one good hit on Barrington. Flesh golem gets one good hit on Barrington for twenty damage. Ooh, yeah, like a whole bunch of parts start flying off. Of yeah, he's not looking really good. And I'm like, no, Mr. Barrington, Sir Barrington, I love you. But then I kind of mutter, like, oh, I can always make another one. Mm-hmm. Fair, that's fair, <laughs> valid, <laughs> a valid point. Um, uh, all right. Well, still, I'm going to be upset about this, and I'm going to try to um blast these uh these fools again. Okay. Or I'm trying to sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to blast these um these automatons now that you know i've enlarged myself yeah so they have to make uh, dc 16 strength saves okay um one of them makes their save okay so all but one take uh eight force damage and are pushed back 10 feet the other one doesn't take any damage and remains where he is okay uh so you blow the two of them away they scatter into parts the uh what is barrington doing to our flesh gonna, golem friend. Hopefully going in for the kill. Cause that that thing is scary. Um yeah, I think they're both they're both gonna hit. Uh fifteen and a sixteen. Yep. Claw claw and bite. Okay. So claw is fourteen and the bite is twelve damage. Okay. Uh the flesh golem's real beat up, still standing. In fact. Oof. Ooh boy. Uh, he starts to, he starts to go berserk. <laughs> so now he's just, now he's dead. Okay. Mm, this is good. Um, this works out even better. I wasn't sure what berserk means, but this is going to be fun. So he actually, he's just, he, Barrington grabs him and throws him a little bit. He stands up and he's just throwing haymakers. He tears apart that other automaton in a murderous rage. Oh. Because he's just attacking whatever's nearby. With a preference for objects smaller than himself, which you and Barrington are now the same size as this large this large flesh golem. So he just right. he just goes for the smallest thing, which was this automaton. The automaton is now torn to shreds. It is now your action in Barrington's again. Okay, so well, I'm gonna have Barrington try to run in there first and hopefully uh you know not get torn apart All right. and again same two attacks um this these are way worse though a 12 
and a an eight. Uh, so the eight is the claw. The twelve is the, the bite hits. Okay, and the uh, he gets bit for nine piercing damage. Okay, and oh, man, like I am not trying to electrocute him again because that did not work out so well. Sure. But I, uh, so I'm going to actually put the lever into the middle. So I'm using just the straight thunder cannon. Okay. Um, because that way I'm only doing piercing damage. Like I'm not putting it into like that overcharge, sure. yeah. like monger mode. Right. And now I know. Now see, I was always wondering why they separated all those. I was like, but well, this is an objectively better attack. Why wouldn't they just like make that your attack now? And it's like, oh right, because things actually like thunder damage. Yes. Sometimes. Some things. Some things do that. So good thinking, Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I'm going to yeah. So I'm going to shoot a regular thunder cannon at it. Uh, it's going to be an 18 to hit. That definitely hits. So I'm going to roll the extra D4 because I'm enlarged. And that's going to be 14 piercing damage. He's not down yet. Oh, my gosh. He's close, though. This guy. He's close, though. He's going to give one final charge. Well, I mean, I guess he's he's, he's all meat and no armor. So it's like, you yeah, know, it's a lot to get. There's a lot to get to get through there. Um, He's going to hit the both of you. With one good shot. Oh, each. yeah. Awesome. I have a response to that, too, but um, we both take the damage first. Yeah. Um, you're going to take eight, 16 damage. Ooh. <laughs> oh, and Barrington is going to take 24 damage. Sir Barrington, no! He, he shatters to uh, pieces of, like, scrap metal and... Um and screws and gears and servos and magical wearing gizmos no. and falls apart. I hate this, Sir Barrington. No, a, a, another single tear will sh- will fall down Callum's other cheek, as this is now also the worst day of his life. Mm-hmm. Until he builds him again, it's going to take a lot of time and money. But well, luckily there's a lab literally right here. <laughs> Well, in that case, the reaction that he was going to perform is not going to happen because Sir Barrington is dead. So I'm in, in a in an absolute fury. Um I'm going to take very careful aim with my uh thunder cannon and fire one hopefully devastating blast at him. Okay. Uh, how's that for posterity? Nat 20. Done. Yeah, you don't even need to roll. He's gone. You blow him away. I feel like that was... I, I feel like I, 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 if, if you if you were here next to me, I, I just like... I, as soon as I saw it, I was just like, oh my God. Like, this is like... If there's, if there's any time for this to happen. Oh, it was for... This was for Sir Barrington. This was for him, man. All right. Epilogue. You walk back to town a few days to a week later. You ride Barrington 2. How does Barrington 2 look different <laughs> from Barrington 1? What's the one thing that's like notably different? Well, if I if if I took the time to rebuild him while I was in this laboratory, I absolutely attached that gas cannon yeah. to him. So there's a big so uh Barrington 2 has the big gas cannon in his mouth, but it always kind of juts out a little bit like a like a machine gun. And it's just kind of sticking out of its mouth, it's always open. So you're... It's okay. You ride Barrington into town. The townsfolk... Yeah, I... The woman in the bar asks you, So, uh, 
Gearsworth, was it, uh, is he, um... Yeah, I, listen, I took care of it. I, I, I'm gonna be honest, I don't appreciate being lied to, but I think, uh, I think everything is gonna work out just fine. And I feel like there's, like, this, like, little thought bubble appearing above Callum's head, and he's just thinking about all the different ways he's going to utilize that mansion and, and, and figure out how to make sure that he can legally acquire it as well, so that no one comes knocking and bothering him as he just completely takes over this amazing laboratory he just found. If she is she looks upset to at uh, the implication that uh things were wrong and that people's fears about Gearsworth were true. But as you kind of walk back to the lab, she kind of watches you go and she's like Eh. He's not Gearsworth, but he'll do. Better to have someone in there than no one. <laughs> it's okay. I'll take care of them. I'll make them cool stuff. If they got the money to pay for it. <laughs> and that's game. Oh, dude, that was a lot of fun. That was super, super fun. I'm really happy with how that turned out. I love how that boss battle turned out. That was really, really good. Yeah, I. it just, yeah, you couldn't, uh, it, yeah, it was perfect. I, this was, this was, a. I, I would absolutely do it again. Oh, that was great. Francesco, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. This was a great game. Jeff, thank you so much for having me. I'm humbled and honored to be here. So uh, real quick, before we wrap up the show, where can people find your work online? So our podcast is called Hapless Heroes. We're on all major podcast aggregators, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that stuff. Um, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at Hapless Heroes. Um, if you're not a social media person, then just, you can even shoot us an email or haplessheroes at gmail.com. Um, we love to engage with our audience. We, you know, if you guys listen to our show, if you like it, like submit names for us to like put into our campaign. We're like just trying to create a bucket of NPC names for to just read off and, you know, credit our audience members are coming up with like ridiculous and wacky names for characters in our story. Like check us out and, uh, you know, let us know what you think. Look forward to having you as part of our audience. And thank you, Jeff, for having me and like giving me this opportunity to, to play this game with you. Oh, thank you. This was so much fun. This was really, really fun. Now I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Francesco for coming on to the show. That game turned out really fun. I'm never 100% sure when we play Dungeons and Dragons if it's going to, like, turn out fun or not. But that episode turned out really well, and I'm happy with it. Be sure to check out Hapless Heroes at haplessheroes.podbean.com or follow them on Twitter at twitter.com slash haplessheroes. Then while you're on Twitter, follow this show at Party of One Pod. Then head over to Facebook and like us at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. If you really enjoyed the show, consider giving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout out, or a word of mouth recommendation. All of those things help us find new listeners and achieve bigger, better, and cooler things. If you really want to support the show, consider backing us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Party of One Podcast. Patreon dollars help pay for equipment fees, hosting costs, and convention appearances, and Patreon backers get access to bonus audio, mini-podcasts, and interviews. If you want to hear more from me, consider checking out All My Fantasy Children, the podcast in which Aaron Catano, Saez, and I take your listener prompts and turn them into beautiful, thriving, vibrant role-playing game children. You can find that at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates coming onto the show, or you went to New York Comic Con this weekend and you want to tell me about it, because this is actually the first weekend in, like, a decade that we didn't go, and, like, I'm kind of curious to hear how it went for people, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. 
And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on. Never gonna die.